welcome to episode 143 of the Nerd Out Loud podcast, where we talk about the things that you nerd out about, and we nerd out about, and everybody nerds out about. Today, I am joined by my lovely, wonderful, illustrious, beautiful, shining partner in life, and in love, and in crime, Jesse Dollimore. Hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love you like a friend, Jesse. You know how that is. Well, that's very disappointing, Jeremy. I, I love you like a deep, tender, passionate, loving lover. I, uh, you know, I it's think unrequited, I guess. Many things come to mind uh, when I think of Jesse Dalmore, and tender is not one of them. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Well, maybe so. Goddamn. Uh, I'm also joined by my other partner in life and in love different kind of love and in crime hello christina wise hi hi jesse how are you i'm okay how are you apparently not tender (laughs) (laughs) i feel like these days i kind of am just operating at a negative 10 goodness on the goodness scale It's listen. It is tough, and I don't want to jump right into this shit because <laughs> shocker, we're probably going to talk politics if mm-hmm. I'm on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm at like a rage level seven all the time. Yeah. That's just my normal. You know, that would be a normal passive level at any other presidency, and now it's just beet red tomato. I'm red hued anyway, being a ginger, but it's it's extra crazy lately. So yeah, I don't I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we're going to be kind of talking about some politics tonight. I, uh, it's, it's probably going to be more of like a round table type format, but before we get into that, uh, I had a couple other things we wanted to talk about actually, <laughs> uh, first and foremost. So Jesse, have you ever heard of a, a, a game called, um, last man? No. So have you ever heard of a game called the Super Bowl? <laughs> Yes, I have heard of the Super Bowl. Okay, so I found out about this game. People have been playing it for four or five years now, I think. Um, It's a game called Last Man. People play it on the internet. And basically, it's like a contest to see who can be the last person to find out who won the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. And so all these people sign up. You have to, like, declare your plane before, and they put everybody on a spreadsheet, and there's all these rules that they have about um, how you have to, like, you have to state that you're whatever plane or you know and um i i thought it would be fun to try and get some of these guys on the show because it's kind of blown up um it it turned into a pretty big thing for a while they have been on a couple of those like daytime talk shows or whatever in the morning but um uh i had reached out to them because i was hoping that we could have somebody come on before the super bowl and uh and come and share about you know their experience playing the game and what it's like or whatever because it's just kind of a weird quirky thing and it seemed like a good fit for what we do um so i reached out to him and uh the (laughs) the dude that runs the website wrote me back and he was like yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I can try and find somebody if you want, but uh, I think it's going to be pretty tough because nobody really seems to want to do it this year. Like, like yeah. in the past, they've had <laughs> they've had like thousands, hundreds of thousands of people playing this game, and uh, and <laughs> this year he said just nobody wants to, nobody cares, everybody's just burned out and tired. They're like, he's like the the political climate on the internet is just too much for all of us. And it was kind of like, 
it was a little disheartening and sad. They ended up finding somebody, and we, we were going to maybe record last week, but uh, ended up falling through, um, kind of for similar reasons. But I thought that that would have been, uh, I thought that that would have been fun to to do last week. And with the way that the Super Bowl went yesterday, uh, I would have preferred to maybe not watch it. <laughs> so let me ask you, and I don't know if you've explained this, but does so the 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 game is. It has to be honor system, right? Because yes. you just claim yeah. you don't know who. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so like, that's like the Seinfeld. Yes. Last person master to, of your to, own d- to, domain. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Jeremy doesn't know. He, Jeremy's never seen the show. Can you explain it? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they they had a, a bet of who could hold out the longest without jerking off. Oh yeah. And that reminds yeah. me of like Bible college. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to be doing that anyway, because you yeah. you know you, it's better to put your seed into the belly of a whore than to spill it onto the rocks, Jeremy. You should know this. <laughs> yeah. Well. Wop, wow. <laughs> not many whores at, at Bible college, I guess. Mm, oh, right. Yeah, none. None at all. <laughs> especially, especially not the preacher's kids. No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> So they play that It's always a risky. It's always a risky good time when you get Jesse D on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're just quoting the Bible. Yeah, that's true. Sad, sad but true. Um, So Jesse, we had you on. uh, We had you on uh, like right after the election. Yeah, and we were basically talking about like what are we going to do now? And I kind of remember this weird, sad pit in my stomach right after the election. Um, and, uh, and I think that there was this part, the part of me that in the back of my head kind of thought that it was going to get better, or maybe I thought that it wasn't going to be as bad as everybody was thinking it was. Or like it would I th- take him longer to do the bad things. I thought everybody was overreacting. And, uh, and, and I severely underestimated the horribleness <laughs> that, that was in front of us. I definitely underestimated. In fact, I had a conversation with Brittany today about this, and she said that she thinks it's way worse than she originally thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. Me too. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I actually, she thought it would be worse at this point, and I thought it would be better, and I'm actually more horrified. Goddamn. It, it's like I've never sat in front of a mic before and spoken. <laughs> um, I actually think it's worse than what I suspected it would be. That we have a president who goes on national television and equivocates and talks about how we have killers, too, and compares mor- morally compares the United States of America to Putin and his regime. Which, by the way, for your audience th- to know, just this week, maybe today, in fact, Russia passed overwhelmingly, like 350 to 3 they decriminalized domestic abuse against women. Seriously? That's the kind of fucking country that Russia is. That's the kind of madman that Vladimir Putin... See, this is it. I'm Now I'm a, like eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's who Donald Trump is tripping all over his fucking feet yeah. to defend at every turn. Yeah. So for me, it's worse. For Brittany, it's, she's thinking it's a little better. Than what oh, she had suspected it would be. Oh, really? What I thought it would be, I th- I think it's worse because I thought that even though Republicans aren't my team, I thought that they were 
um, lovers of the country and the Constitution deep down and that they wouldn't let this happen, but they're letting it happen. Yes. For me, listen, and I have more of a tie to the Republican Party than you do mm-hmm. or ever did, Christy. So for me, it really is disheartening because this is the party of my youth and my young adulthood, even into my regular old adulthood. Look, I voted for George W. Bush. I don't I haven't demonized the Republican Party until this year. This year, they be it's an untenable position to be associated or aligned in any way with this party. Because their economic policies have completely flip-flopped. They're even, let, let's go back to Russia. It happened in June. I, I, these are off the top of my head numbers. Give or take 3% either way. I, I'm going to give you some numbers because I don't have any. You know how I do it. I don't have any in front of me. In June, 53% of Republicans were against Russia, had a very poor opinion of Russia. Donald Trump, Donald Trump started running his trap about how great Russia is, and that very month, it went from 51 or 53% opposed to 63 or 61% in favor of. That's a giant swing. Yeah. That, that's a 110-point fucking swing just because your orange-faced Fuhrer decides he's going to take the party in a different direction. You don't you don't shed your ideology that quickly if you really truly hold to it. I can respect you even if you're wrong if you really believe something. But if you're just going to shed it because you want to win an election, fuck you. Yeah, I don't understand is it all of a sudden they believe these things or do they are they waiting for their paoli? Paoli? Paola. Paola, yeah. <laughs> you know, because things trickle down, right? If you're outspoken and you're a yes man as a senator, sometimes that pays off. Um, yeah, sure. I, look, being in the majority is a big deal, mm-hmm. um, especially in the House. Not, not so much in the Senate, but for sure in the House, it's a way big deal. But is that worth selling your country out? It shouldn't be party over country. No. You need to do what's right for your country. And Donald Trump is clearly not the right choice. Donald Trump is clearly a dangerous. He He's Charlie Day on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's the fucking wild card. He cuts the brakes. That's what Donald Trump is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I should say, um, I probably actually should have said this at the beginning, but, uh, you know, we're a bunch of professionals over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse, you host a podcast yourself that really focuses on politics. It comes out twice a week. And you do Lots that full time, right? Uh, yeah, between YouTube and some loose affiliations I have with some other groups. Um, new media is my job, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do like you have your YouTube channel and uh, you, uh, you stay busy. You stay busy. I- I stay, I stay <laughs> and, busy. And you also, and I mean, we've had we've had you on the show before, and we've talked about this stuff. But just in case nobody's ever known before, you uh, you grew up. You were a Republican for a long time. You were in the Marines, and you actually worked for a senator, a congressman. Uh, well, I worked. I was appointed to my position by a senator, by a United States senator, a Republican senator. Yeah. Named Dirk Kempthorne. He was the former mayor of Boise, former governor of Idaho, former interior secretary under George W. Bush. But when he was a senator for Idaho, he appointed me to my position 
with the Senate sergeant. Anyway, fuck, it's not. It, it, it was a great <laughs> job and awesome, but it just it gets into the weeds real mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. But I was look, I'm bona fide. I was Republican. Yeah. My mother, my mother, with whom I haven't spoken for a decade because of my sp- stances on social justice issues like gay marriage. We haven't spoken a single fucking word to one another in, in a decade because of that. And it, it is because of my deep roots with the Republican Party. She, my mom, was a fucking Trump delegate in Cleveland at the Republican National Convention. Ooh. My family is in po- They are in politics. Man. So, like, when I have arguments online with people and they talk, I'm a liberal shill and this and that especially old Marine Corps buddies. I say, you know what? Fuck you. I've done more for the Republican Party and conservatism than you will ever, ever have do, that you will ever hope to do. So don't, you can't malign my political capital. Do you- I, I, I don't get led around by party. The Republican Party left me mm-hmm. with yeah. their insanity. I stayed, you know, caring about people and doing the right thing because of empathy and love for Americans and liberty. Do you do you think that there's anything that the Republican Republican Party could do to get you back? I mean, could, could you see yourself ever jumping back on that ship? They would have to change. I mean, they'd have to. It would have to be a generational type type of thing. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're like thirty years down the road. If they're not the Republican Party, they are today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I jumped. I just changed my party affiliation. We talked about this, I think, last time on the show. After the election, the, the day after the election, I officially changed my party registration here in California to Democrat. So mm-hmm. I don't want to cover a bunch of old. Your audience is like, ah, it's old news. We don't want fucking <laughs> we flipping know. off. Flipping <laughs> off iPod, iPods even a thing. I'm in the sure. business. You'd think I'd know. <laughs> iPhones all over the world are getting turned off right now. Zunes. Um, Zunes. I think <laughs> we get a lot of we get a lot of traffic from the Zune marketplace. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesse has a point, like the the party of Reagan, right? Like Reagan Republicans didn't care about equal marriage or any of these things that the um, bringing in the Christian right has changed the whole party to be not anything, any resemblance of what they used to be. That is right. Ronald Reagan granted amnesty to illegal aliens in the United States, millions of them. Mm-hmm. Amnesty. That's a fucking dirty. That is political suicide <laughs> with this flavor of Republican Party. Yeah. So it, it is a different Republican Party. Re- Ronald Reagan, in many aspects, was a liberal. Ronald Reagan. I mean, he wasn't a liberal liberal. He he preached a, a big game about uh, you know the big government and you know l- diminishing the power of 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 the government. But we increased the deficit insan- insanely. <laughs> Yeah. Insanely, insanly, everybody. <laughs> in, in a giant way, we increased the deficit under Ronald Reagan. And that's really when the, the era of giant deficits started mm. and the national debt ballooned. People talk about Obama, that he, he doubled the national debt from you know eight, eight trillion or whatever to $20 trillion. Yeah, but George W. Bush, he did the exact same fucking thing during his tenure yeah. with his multi-trillion dollar Iraq war. Which I still am on the fence about. I'm not. I, I'm not even to the point where I would say, "Oh, that's terrible. We shouldn't have gone. Yeah, we got rid of a bad guy. We just executed super poorly mm-hmm. after the fact." Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it doesn't do take you... much. It doesn't take much to get me on a rant. Sorry. <laughs> so, do you think that um, Trump will be impeached? I have high, high hopes, 
And the reason I say that is because Donald Trump cannot control himself. He doesn't have the ability to be anything other than a fucking Trump. That's it. That's all he is. Yeah. So when he puts on his robe at 630 and goes up to the <laughs> residence, which is, this just got reported by I the New York it. Times. I love it so much. <laughs> well, and, and he screams and wails at the TV because of the bad coverage from Don Lemon. Yeah. This is, I just talked about it on the show, so if, I'm sure we have some crossover of listeners and they're going to hear me say it again. But this is the president of the United States. He, he should be above all of the petty bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, some reporter said something about you, about me. Hey, fuck you. I'm the president of the right. United States. Yeah. You work for CNN, asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me really quickly. I know you have another question. Let me let me impart this story that no one's ever heard before. On my show or yours, because oh. it, it happened to me. This is when I worked on Capitol Hill and I was in Statuary Hall, which is on the House side of the Capitol. I worked on the Senate side. It's it's right if you've been to Washington, D.C., in the Capitol, you have the rotunda, and then just off the rotunda is the other room with all the statues, and it's got the big checkered white and black floor. And the, the speaker with his entourage came walking through. This was Newt Gingrich at the time. Came walking through. I don't know what the hell I was doing in there. And somebody screamed out, you suck, Newt. And Newt Gingrich stopped with his little counsel as he was walking. He looked up and he said, yeah, but I'm still speaker. And fucking put his head down and kept on walking. Mm -hmm. And that is how the president of the United States should be thinking in his own head. But Trump, he's too much of a narcissist and a fragile, petulant, petulant child to have that kind of a a mindset. He, He needs his ego coddled and delicately stroked at all times for him to be functioning like a normal person. Ugh. <laughs> Level eight, everybody. So we're Level hoping eight. he gets impeached. So, yeah, because of that, I think he is going to be impeached. I think, and also, he hasn't disentangled himself from his businesses at all yet. Yeah. He, he's promised to do so. Even Ivanka promised to do so because her and Jared Kushner moved to Washington, D.C. Now, Jared Kushner, her husband, is in the inner circle of the White House. And mm-hmm. although they promised to divest themselves of the business, they still haven't filed the paperwork to do so. So you can't trust, obviously you can't trust anything these fuckers say, Mm -hmm. but they're going to get themselves in trouble because of the emoluments clause of the Constitution with Trump, but also just basic conflicts of interest that you're not allowed to do if you're any other federal employee. So I'm I'm hopeful for it. And then the other aspect of this, a lot of your audience is probably thinking, yeah, but you just talked about how shitty and ideologically bankrupt the Republican Mm -hmm. Party is. Yep. Yeah, well, here's the deal with that. See, I'm all, I'm prepared. I'm a fucking gunslinger. <laughs> uh, the Republican Party, he's already burning bridges with the Republican Party. And these men have just as big of egos mm-hmm. as anybody else. Yeah. So you start you start clipping off their toes and they're going to get pissed off like he did with this uh, Muslim ban thing and didn't counsel anybody. In fact, yeah. he hired some of their staff members to write the, the, the executive order had them sign non-disclosure agreements where they couldn't even legally say anything to their bosses about it. This is un- we're in we're in uncharted waters yeah. with the way with the way Donald Trump is running things. So, yeah. yes, short short answer, sorry. Short the, answer, yes, I see him getting impeached. The the problem I'm seeing with it is that 
the everybody, the Republicans and the Democrats, are following the rules. The rules that we've had for hundreds of years, the rules don't matter anymore. If the president isn't following the rules, you can't apply those same rules to the to him. You you have to though. You you have to follow the rules. <laughs> the other team, we have we well, we have to be above it. We have to show re- relative to court orders and and filing injunctions and all the other bullshit. For for, for for instance, your attorney general there in Washington is a fucking straight shooter like I've ever seen. The mm-hmm. guy is awesome. He's being interviewed on CNN. Alan Dershowitz mm-hmm. is just ringing him through the ringer. That's what you do with the ringer. You, you ring him <laughs> through it. And he's he's not divulging what he can't. He's not getting sucked into the 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 the, the sensationalism of it all. He's just, look, I'm going to I'm always going to protect the constitutional rights of the citizens of the state of Washington. And I'm not going to get sucked into the games of of uh, the Donald Trump bullshit where he's ca- calling judges so-called judges and all the other insanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to, you know, not to steal a line from the 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 great Michelle Obama. But when they go low, you got to go high, mm-hmm. especially where it relates to the Constitution. You just have to. I mean, I, I will say that, like, one of the things that has one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on um, is because I have a ton of questions just about uh, a lot of stuff that's happening. I think that one of the, you know, as we've talked about a lot on this show, like I, I grew up in uh, a bubble, I would say, you know, I grew up in an evangelical Christian home and um, we weren't, my family wasn't real politically engaged. Um, Definitely not in the way that yours was. I know that you also grew up in a, a kind of a Christian environment as well um but it sounds like maybe you were you were involved in politics or at least had a deeper understanding of what was going on in the government at a much younger age than i did and um for whatever reason i mean i was in a program called youth in government i was like a page here in washington state for two weeks down in um uh olympia Olympia. or capital here um but for whatever reason none of that stuff stuck with me um and it just i i have not ever in my life been as politically engaged as i have been in the last year and specifically in the last like six months i would say um and so there's a lot of stuff going on that i um I don't necessarily know, you know, if it's un- if it's unprecedented, if uh, some of this stuff is coming up and I'm getting upset about it just because it's just just because all of a sudden everybody's paying attention to politics now um, or because I'm paying more attention to politics now or if, you know, this stuff is really unprecedented. And it, and it seems it seems to me anyway, like, you know, there is a lot of stuff that's happening that is never that has never before happened. Is that? Is that true? Yes. Most, most everything that's happening <laughs> is shit that's never happened before. But there are, there are items that just don't, they don't bother me so much. Like, everybody's making a big deal, and I think it's just a shiny object that we should shut the fuck up about. And it's the Secret Service protection for Trump's family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? That's something we do for our leaders. Because if we, if the next guy we get in there is uh, some Mormon Democrat with a fuck ton of kids, mm-hmm. we want him protected. We want his family protected, or she. But it's a Mormon, so it's likely going to be a man. <laughs> in, in in this strange hypothetical that I'm creating, <laughs> right. Right. this is getting really into the weeds here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if if we get a family in there in the next um, 
in four years, when when Trump gets ousted, and let's say it's a Democrat and they have a lot of kids, we want the family protected. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Trump has an unusual situation. But we knew that going in, he had an unusual situation. Mm-hmm. So let's quit bitching about how much money it cost, yeah. because that's just a cost of doing business. Yeah. An- another thing I think we should shut the fuck up about is don't pin this loss of life with this military operation on Donald Trump. Look, I'm the first guy. I've bleeped myself because my co-host doesn't want me to drop the C word in reference to, <laughs> to Donald Trump mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. So. I hate Donald Trump. I <laughs> loathe Donald Trump. I have to walk a very fine line because I'm not a peaceful guy. I'm not a guy who's all flowers and oh, love and sweetness and sugar. I'm a fiery character. I don't know if you've noticed, but I just <laughs> am. And I know the line I have to watch relative to, you know, getting a call from the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. On the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, like, uh, that's how much, lo- lo- how loathsome I think he is. But there's plenty of shit to talk about, to get angry about, to get fiery about. Yeah. Without talking about shit that doesn't really, like, he, he wasn't his fault that the military fucked up the operation. Yeah. That operation had been in planning during the Obama administration. And it, Donald Trump's not a tactician. He's barely a, a sixth grade intellect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't blame it on him. He has, he has a joint chiefs. He has a vast military um, council that they said it was good to go. He, he, he said, yeah, and it, and it was fucked. So yeah. let's not waste our energy. Let's not waste our time on shit that can be easily deflected. Let's talk about the things that are substantive that we can pin him down on to eventually get him impeached. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that one of the things that I have enjoyed about this whole (laughs) enjoyed is a weird word. One of the things that um, has been, I guess, a benefit and a benefit. Yeah, is I I see um, I see this huge groundswell of of people like me, you know, that that have never been engaged at this level before all of a sudden paying attention to stuff and learning about stuff, you know, because I see some you know, memo or letter or executive order or whatever that he signed or, you know, whatever the newest thing is that everybody's talking about. And then I go read, you know, (laughs) five different articles Mm -hmm. trying to understand how that part of the government works. And I'm learning all this new stuff, you know, and it's It's awesome. I I see that as, um, as a benefit, but, um, you know, what, what, what do you think, like, what are some things that, that people can do in a real substantive way to actually get in, engaged in in a way that's really going to make a difference um because one of the things that i've noticed is that um you know i think that as much as people are doing real helpful productive things um sometimes i feel like we're all slipping into insanity a little bit like um like you know we're all turning into the crazy to to the tea party you know to the people that started saying President Obama, you know, isn't really, you know, he was born in Kenya. He's not really an American citizen and all these crazy ass conspiracy theories. And, oh, holy shit, Donald Trump photoshopped the size of his hands or he's a he's afraid of stairs or, you know, all these. I I have a little bit of a fear that we're getting into the weeds and we're turning into, um, you know, crazy people. And I'm not sure how we're going to make it through the next four years. But 
along those lines, I do think it's important that we all stay engaged and try and find some areas in our own ways that we can like focus on productive, helpful things that are actually going to make a difference. Um, and I was wondering if you had, you know, any thoughts or, you know, what, what are you doing and what can other people do? Well, if you have the resources and this is just a money thing, but I have donated uh, to the ACLU. Mm-hmm. I last time on the show I said that we we um, subscribed to the New York Times. We did that. We're still subscribed. I have a stack of unread fucking papers. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is, is I would get involved at your local level. Now, Brittany and I took part in the women's march here in in Orange County, California, where we live. Yeah, and. I've never been a marcher or a protester. Uh, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was under Clinton. And, you, you know, you don't really protest against your commander in chief right. when you're in <laughs> uniform. It's just not what you do. Mm-hmm. It might be illegal. I mean, it's, it's, you yeah. don't do that. So I've never really done that. But when we were out there, I, I looked around and I told Brittany under my breath, because it were, you're packed in like sardines. There were thousands and thousands, like 30,000 people right here in downtown Santa Ana, which is a tiny little area. And I looked around, I go, I hope this turns into something that this isn't just going to be everybody feels real good that they you know, said, fuck Trump. And then th- not- nothing the next day. They yeah. just take this good feeling home with them. Yeah. And th- the people who organized the Women's March did a good job. And there's actually a website out there. And I would encourage everybody to go out there and check it out because there's an entire list of things. The website, it says a practical guide for resisting the Trump agenda. The website is indivisibleguide.com. And I'm sure that you'll put it in the show notes. But there's a a whole local things to do. You can download this guide of things to to get involved with. And you got to get involved at the local level. Mm -hmm. Unless you have the clout or you have some kind of, of social media reach. Like we, you, you, Christy and, and Jeremy and, and me and Brittany, like we're, we're blessed enough to have, I, I still use that word. Fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're lucky enough to have, you, you have to say reach. hashtag blessed. So people know you're, you're being ironic. <laughs> I, I'm not being ironic. I'm lucky, whatever. <laughs> Fuck. We're, we're, we're lucky enough to have the reach that we have and have an audience who, who, who value some way somehow they value what we say enough to check in with us yeah so unless you have something like that getting involved at your local level is going to be awesome because that's where shit really that's where the rubber hits the fucking road yeah the other thing i would do is i'd put my congressman i would put the the capital switchboard on speed dial on your phone and I would be in contact with your congressman and your senator's office constantly, mm-hmm. all the time. Let them know this is the way I feel about this. Because when, when people call and they take time out of their day to call into the congressman's office, certain offices have different algorithms for how much one call counts for. But some of them are like one call is like 100 votes. Hmm. So if, if, if they get you know, 10,000 fucking calls, they're going to be listening because they know that come election time. Yeah. You know, you're, you could be hiring somebody else for their job. Yeah. And that's what this entire indivisible movement is. They just followed me. I don't know how they found me, but they, they just followed me on Instagram. Indivisible 48 here in California, which is a movement specific to removing my particular congressman, who is Dana Rohrbacher. 
who is a conservative Republican dickbag. <laughs> That's the, so. You, uh, Ca- California is a pretty liberal state, right? Mm. Yeah, I live in Orange County, though. Oh, okay. Which just went blue for the first time in like you know fifty years or something. Oh, really? Yeah. On this I, last I, election. Yeah, I'm in Republican er- territory. Really. Which is great because I, you know, I, you know, you know me. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I don't. I make no bones about Trump being a, a megalom maniac and you know a a, a, a a white supremacist. At the very least, he's a sympathizer. Yeah, and you know, Brittany gets very uncomfortable. <laughs> she does the old like she's getting ready to tell an off color joke, and she looks both ways when I'm like, "No, fuck Trump," because ah! <laughs> I don't care. Because but we are oh. we're in the belly we're in the belly of the beast here. She's worried that you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get jumped or something. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think that. <laughs> no, oh, uh, Jesse, I just think it's you know I'm what do I'm you a guys, radical. It's embarrassing. What, what do you guys think about uh, Trump's war on California? I'm opposed. Well, I can tell you what I feel about California seceding, and I, I'm I'm totally a- against it. That would be a terrible plan. Well, it'd be well, a terrible plan just, for America. It's like this is like fifty it's, electoral it's votes happen. or whatever. It's not going to happen. 55. But it's just symbolic. Yeah. Don't you think it's not? Unless we can join you, I I just think like a <laughs> California Oregon high yeah, uh, Washington hybrid. <laughs> Well, I, I the reason I listen. If I plan to live in California the rest of my life, it wouldn't be a big deal. But but I, I plan to get the fuck out of here as soon as I can. Well, yeah. you can just come north to Seattle. Is, that's <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Listen, if, if if Brittany if she gets accepted to get her doctorate at at uh, UW, we're out. Peace yeah. out, California. You do your own thing. <laughs> but but then what happens is is the rest of America is fucked because if California takes uh, bows out of the union, which I think the chances are very slim, yeah, but if maybe. that happens, yeah, you, you're guaranteed Republican after Republican after Republican president for the rest of the United States for a long time. Yeah, because that's a that's that's a massive swath of votes, electoral college votes that are taken away, and even popular vote for that matter. Um, I went to our uh, what's it called legislative district. Um, meeting like for our the district that we just moved into recently. Yeah, and yeah I was a little awesome. nerve. I was a little nervous about it because when I went, I was like, I have no idea how any of this works. Uh, it's going to be a bunch of dudes that are like way smarter than me and know what's going on, and everybody's going to nope figure out very quickly when I walk in the door that I'm like have no idea what I'm doing. And it turns out that like the most you know there's there's a couple old timers that had very obviously been there for a while, but like the 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 chair like the person that was running the meeting and most of the people up front the the senior most senior one of them got involved in march of 2016 yeah like he he had just gone gotten there and i was amazed to find out that even in the you know we're we're in a suburb that's a little north of seattle but it's still a very liberal part of washington for sure um there there are there are there were there are um precincts in our district even and all around us that that don't have any representatives from those precincts there's no uh what's it called precinct committee officer committee man and committee woman yeah yeah they don't have any they don't they don't have any representation at all there was like 30 or 40 right around us that had no that had no representatives whatsoever that were involved and then there was another dozen or so that only had republican pcos 
in them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I would think, I would think that, you know, if, if it's that way in Seattle, um, I, I would think that it is, there's probably opportunity to do that even more so in other parts of the country. I would yeah, imagine. Absolutely. And it yeah. seems like a pretty great way to get people involved. I mean, I, I've only been to one meeting so far, but you know, the stuff that they're talking about is really not so much trying to you know, kind of a two pronged thing. Obviously they want to kind of fight the, what's going on in, in DC right now and all of the bullshit that Trump's spewing out. But, uh, but on top of that, what they're really wanting to do is they're wanting to find the half of America that didn't vote. Like they want to find all these registered voters that aren't engaged right now and find a way to get them engaged. And, uh, you know, I, I would think that that's a pretty substantive way to affect change, you know. And and that's a really practical thing that just about anybody can do. Like just go look up what your legislative district is. Most of them have meetings like once a month, I would think, that you can go to and uh, – you know, if if they could find a place for a dummy like me, you know, to uh, to get engaged, I would imagine they could for just about anybody. Well, I'll, I'll I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'll I'll provide it once the mics go dead to you, and you can post it in the show notes. But there's links to find out what 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 down to the lowest level of government that you all you have to do is type in your zip code, type in your address, and you can find out where to go where the meetings are in fact this indivisible indivisible guide or whatever the hell i said the website was indivisibleguide.com they have a list of local groups all you have to do is type in i'll do it right now i'm, I'm here find a group groups taking indivisible action search by zip code that's all you do yeah and it'll give you all kinds of groups to get involved in not just like active party groups but special interest groups that you might be interested in, whether it be LGBT issues or climate issues or whatever, if you have a passion, then this is going to be the way to do it. And I'm, I have no affiliation. I'm not getting a kickback from the, <laughs> this goofy website. It's just one of our callers, we got a voicemail, and they mentioned this particular action group. Yeah. And this is, I looked into it, and holy shit, they are, they are organized. And that's where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I here's another question for you, Jesse. Uh how how is how is all this stuff happening? Like you you mentioned earlier um that Donald Trump is just blatantly violating the constitution, right? By not uh, separating himself from the business, from from his businesses. That's right. Um how how is he president? Like aren't the laws in place so that things like this won't happen? Well, listen, I'm just finding all this out um, that the, the president is actually unique that he is able to – I say he because all 45 have been men. So calm down, Christy. <laughs> I know you're, you're, you're champing at the bit over there to chew, <laughs> chew my ass off. But the, the president is, is unique in, in their ability to, to not be able to be called on conflicts of interest. And that's the way the laws have been written, which is just fucking bizarre. Hmm. I, I don't get it. But the, the, the emol emoluments clause of the Constitution says, no title of nobility shall be granted by the United States. So we don't offer like lordships and dukedoms and all that bullshit. <laughs> and uh, no person holding any office of profit or trust under them shall, without the consent of Congress 
accept any present emolument, which is like a salary or or money, uh, any present emolument, office, or title of any kind, whatever, from any king, prince, or sovereign or foreign state. So Donald Trump owns this vast network of businesses, whether it be golf courses or hotels or fucking social clubs or, you know, whites only, men only, no Jews allowed kind of a deal here. And if he accepts money, if the if the the, the ambassador from well, let's put it this way, Trump Hotel, I believe it was Dubai uh, or Bahrain. It was the embassy of Bahrain. They had a lavish ceremony that they paid for at Trump Hotel the weekend of the inauguration. Mm-hmm. Well, that money goes into Donald Trump's pockets from a, a government, a foreign government. That's illegal. That's unconstitutional. So he's already violated the Constitution. As far as I'm concerned, and, you know, me with my big law degree that I don't have. <laughs> uh, but I've talked to lawyers, and they say... That yeah, he's he's they're well within their rights right now to impeach him based just on the emoluments clause, and there actually is a lawsuit that is moving forward in the courts to to get to the point where they can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. What did you have a question? Sorry. Oh, I was going to bring up another topic. Yeah. Go. Okay. So uh, this is on on deck or being buzzed about his next executive order. And I didn't know about this thing because, you know, I didn't grow up um, evangelical or this wasn't on my radar until I was Uh, the the Johnson Act, the Johnson Act. I was fighting with a Trump supporter before the election. And she just said the Johnson amendment needs to be overturned. It it just needs to be overturned. So I Googled it. Um, This thing needs to stay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you what know? It? It, no. It, it, well, the, the Johnson Amendment is it, it's a law that if you're going to get tax exempt status, uh, like a church, mm. then you don't get to traffic in political advocacy. Mm-hmm. You don't get to c- call winners and losers in political. You don't get to stand behind the pulpit and endorse a certain candidate. Yeah. Because of the fact that you're getting tax free status. You're operating, you're, you're not contributing to the political process, so you don't get to have a say in the process. Mm-hmm. You just need to run your church, tend to your fucking flock, and shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's the Jesse way to say it. I'm sure there's a more genteel, <laughs> no. there's a more genteel way to and do it. The reason why this is important, I mean, in my my view of it, is that not so much an individual little church with 200 people following it and the and the pastor says trump is our guy that's not scary what's scary is churches making super PACs and funneling all that tax-free money straight to trump straight to anti-choice things and lgbt hating things and that's what's going to happen as soon as that thing's gone we're going to see crazy super PACs of just hate groups yeah, absolutely. We already have a problem with this where the Mormon church during Prop 8, yes. the the anti-gay marriage bill here in California from several years ago, where the Mormon church, I don't want to pick on the Mormons today with my fake presidential family. It. I don't know, you just made one of them president in your <laughs> right, made up right. story. A woman so. Mormon It's balanced now. It's it's balanced. <laughs> yeah. Uh they they funneled and I think kind of nefariously, possibly illegally 
money through their parishioners where they were telling parishioners, because Mormons have money on the mm. whole, pretty wealthy They own people. Amway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's oh, right. really? No, I didn't know. That. So, so they are. I don't know if they own it, but they certainly are yeah. wildly involved. Yeah. Mormons love multi-level marketing bullshit. Yes, C- clear. You know, they're in a cult. They, you know, why would they not yeah, be that in pyramid and the schemes doomsday too? Food. Yeah, yeah, they're preppers. <laughs> there are all yeah. kinds of weird shit going on there, but yeah. we're running off the rails here. Yes. <laughs> so, so the Mormon Church funneled all kinds of monies, like circuitously through parishioners, to fund Prop Eight. Look, that's that's out of bounds. That's not the way it works. Churches should not be influencing, directly influencing policy. If if you say, look, it's my view that abortion is murder because God knew your name before you were born, and he knows every hair in your fucking head, and he knows every sparrow that falls from the sky, and all the, the lame-ass reasons that, that, the, that Republicans and Christians specifically are opposed to all abortion— that's fine. Do your thing. But you don't get to say this guy is is pro-abortion. We're against him. And this gal is 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 uh, pro-life and we're for her. You don't get to do that. You don't, you don't get to call winners and losers hmm. when you're tax exempt. And so there's talk of taking. Uh, yeah, that's his next. He openly said it on the national prayer. Was it the national prayer meeting? He said, yeah. we're coming after this mm-hmm. and we're going to repeal it. That was one of his promises in his platform. Oh, great. Well, because because it's large. Who's it going to help? Christian. Clearly, it's it's largely going to help the Republican Party. Yeah. Specifically mega churches. Yeah. The the Joel Austins and the yep. and the Rick Warrens, which is right here, just a few miles away. Is is there a reason? And I think I might have even heard this on your show, Jesse. Is there a reason? So my my understanding is that executive orders are primarily a tool for presidents to use when they're concerned uh, of getting actual legislation passed because they have an opposing Congress. Um, I don't. First of all, I don't know if that's true, but th- that but was no, my it understanding. Is, it is- it is. T- I, th- I, well, I think you may have. It does sound like something I said. I was talking about how it's interesting that Donald Trump's going crazy with the executive orders right now when he has a, Repu- a friendly Congress. Mm-hmm. He has a. The, uh, he doesn't have an opposition party in Congress. He should just go to them and say, "Hey, I want to make a law. Yeah, sit down, make a fucking law, and I'll sign that fucker, and we'll <laughs> have this thing locked up." Instead, he's. He's pushing through without the consent of Congress. Yeah. And, this, and maybe listen, without th- reading them. Well, th- well, we're, we're finding that out now that, <laughs> you know, it seems like now Steve Bannon installed himself to a permanent chair on the National Security Council. Him and Stephen Miller, who's another alt-right white supremacist, uh, they did it without Trump knowing because he's such a fucking child. He didn't read. Uh, anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm going far afield here. Um I'm very easy to to get off the rails, Jeremy. It, I don't know uh, well, why you do that. Oh no, the, I know. So so here's the deal: he's signing all these, and this was my my uh, criticism of Obama was mm-hmm. these very wide reaching executive orders like his immigration, which got batted down by the courts. It's not good for a president or his legacy mm-hmm. when you when the thing you do gets found to be unconstitutional, mm-hmm. like <laughs> like is what happened with Obama. And his immigration thing because it's too far reaching. Now, listen, I realize the reasons why 
he did so because he had an obstructionist Congress from day one. There were secret meetings held the day of Obama's first inauguration to how to delegitimize his presidency. So I get it. But still, we have the system we have. And back to the point, Christy, we need to go high if they're going to go low. And we need to abide by the Constitution because the rule of law, if we have nothing else, we have the rule of law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Another thing that I've been thinking about, Jesse, and this is something that we've talked about quite a bit uh, because I think me and you kind of agree on it. And Christy has not always been this way. But um, as far <laughs> as how your interactions have been online or kind of how you cultivate your... Um, uh, the people that you engage with or interact with, like on Facebook, for example, um, like you've worked very intentionally to not create an echo chamber around you. You know, you have said yeah. multiple times that you don't really haven't really blocked people in the past or whatever. Um, and, and I've always kind of felt the same way too. I think, I think it's probably easier um, for men than it is for women, but that that's a separate issue, I suppose. But uh Um, one of the things that I've noticed is, um, you know, because I, you know, personally, my worldview has changed drastically over the last 10 years, um, like almost 180 degrees. And, um, and, and that's largely in part to either participating in or observing these, you know, people fighting online for lack of a better term or, or having discussions or disagreeing and being public about their opinions and political views and worldviews and stuff like that. Um, and, and I've always tried to pay attention to uh, people that think differently than me because sometimes I, I read that stuff and I'm like, Oh, Hey, yeah, no, <laughs> that they're actually right. <laughs> you know, and it, and it does, <laughs> it does change me. Um, and so right. along those lines, you know, b- because of the fact that I grew up for 25 years uh, in in the world of evangelical Christianity, I have a lot of those people still in my life, um, mostly just on Facebook now because they don't actually hang out with me anymore. But uh, <laughs> But I have made an effort, you know, for the last few weeks to engage with some of them and try and actually have conversations and throw my two cents in, even if I know I'm probably going to get ripped to shreds or whatever. Um, and, and it's been increasingly frustrating for me to try and have discussions with these people because of the current climate, because you try and explain to them logically what's going on or, you know, basically no, Nothing can be cited online because everything that they disagree with is all of a sudden fake or biased or not true. Um, And I'm curious how you're, you know, what, how you're handling that. Cause I know that you're engaged in, you know, like you said, new media is kind of your thing. So that's like your space. I'm having a real hard time operating under the same rules that I set forth for Christy when we first started (laughs) getting to know one another. Mm And I'm still, listen, I, I don't, I still make it a rule not to block or unfollow or, because but I, I do, I fundamentally believe that you're removing your influence on them if, if they can't see what you write. Mm-hmm. And I, I learn a lesson from Brittany about once a month when she gets a message from someone from her past or someone from her present who witnesses a discussion that is civil that she has with someone online. Even when they're being a foaming-at-the-mouth asshole, Brittany keeps it together, my co-host, Brittany Page. And it's beautiful because about once a month, she gets a message on on Facebook, and and someone says, listen, I just left the church, and 
I appreciate everything that you said, and you were so level-headed, and it made it made so much of a difference in my life. So you might not be the straw that breaks the camel's back, but you're you're one more feather, you're one more straw on the back until someone down the road might break it. So I I need to be more. I'm glad you brought it up because it does remind me to be more diligent about being civil and decent and steadfast about how to to argue mm-hmm. and i don't mean like to you know crazy ah, argue i mean you're making an argument you're you're postulating a position we need to all be better at that and certainly i wouldn't delete unless they add no value to your life whatsoever and they're only abusive and cut those fuckers loose but yeah. I, I think that should be last resort i still think so even though i've abstain from a lot of discussions just based on my own mental health and not being able to do it civilly yeah so speaking of civil uh civil discussions um uh where do you fall on the whole punching nazis thing (laughs) or more more accurately punching richard spencer i suppose well listen i'm it is very i'm conflicted now Mm-hmm. Because after this Milo Yiannopoulos thing and witnessing what went down, uh, I got a good buddy who's a, a notable, very famous atheist named Dan Errol. He used to work for Richard Dawkins, and now he he blogs on his own, and he's he's single handedly taken down Ken, or tried to take down Ken Ham with his Ark Adventure bullshit and Creation <laughs> Museum in Kentucky. And he and I were really kind of embattled during this whole Richard Spencer thing because we both advocated right on. You know, maybe World War II and the 1930s would have turned out a little differently had there been some active resistance and a few more Nazi faces punched the fuck in. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I am. And now I'm conflicted because I don't really view... Look, I think Milo Yiannopoulos is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I think he's a bad guy. I think he is the living human embodiment of not only garbage, but also just a troll. And I, But I don't view him a Nazi, so I don't think he should be physically intimidated. I think he does have the right to free speech. So I, I'm finding myself, like, tr- even as we speak, I'm trying to figure out why do I find it so distasteful what happened there, but not at all distasteful what happened to Richard Spencer. Yeah. Well, I don't what know. did you find distasteful that people were protesting him? No, well, no, no because the media is given a, a bad account of what took place in. Are you talking about Milo? Yeah, at Berkeley yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Um, lighting things on fire, smashing out windows, yeah. mm-hmm. being violent and aggressive in that in that manner. I, for it just it struck me as no good because one, the, it shuts down the conversation and right. it paints all liberals. All people who who care about equality and and social justice, it paints us all like fucking frothing maniacs. Right. When the hours leading up to the protest were filled with peaceful students, it wasn't until the black bloc showed up with their masked faces and mm-hmm. their their torches and lighting shit on fire that it turned awry. But before yeah. that, it was peaceful. It was when it was singing happening. and chanting. When it was happening and Jeremy's like, we're talking through it. And I said, the first of all, it was weird that a school like Berkeley would bring him in just because it's so liberal. Well, um, it's the college Republicans. Yeah, they always ruin it for everyone. And um, 
<laughs> oh, that is fucking awesome. And, um, so it's what I said is if I was a student at Berkeley, it is my responsibility to protest that. I do not agree with lighting fires and destructive property because you're just ruining the university's things at that point. That's right. But, but if, it's, it's unlikely that those were students. Those are outside yeah, those agitators. Are outsiders, right. Yeah. And I mean, just like when, I don't know if you heard when he was here, one of his one of his people, his followers shot somebody. Yeah. So I, did, I mean, Jeremy told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, it was reported that it was a counter protest, or it was it was somebody protesting against Milo that 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 actually shot a Milo supporter, but it was the no. other way around. I guess the, right. The dude, the dude, somebody took his "Make America Great Again" hat, and uh, and he was upset about it. So. So shoot it the must, place up. It, it must have been signed by the orange face Fuhrer himself, and that was it worth the be. money to him. Yeah. Well, they said the I was reading in the Seattle Times, and they said that he had been messaging, he had been messaging Milo on Facebook um, while it was happening, asking if he could get a new one when he got inside. So. Uh. <laughs> Well, listen, this only goes to show that I think we have a responsibility as clear thinking, free thinking. Uh, you know, I'm I'm leaning more liberal as time goes on or I'm more identifying as liberal now as, as time goes on. And as as liberal people, we need to be thoughtful. And I'm like, I'm struggling right now. I'm OK with the struggle. I'm, I'm OK with publicly admitting that I, I don't know exactly how I feel about it, but I'm I'm doing my best to. To work through it and and do it in a logical way to get to the bottom of what is the right way to deal with things. Because I still hold fast to the way that, that I think about Richard Spencer, that he is a Nazi. Mm-hmm. He, if you saw his tweets during the Super Bowl. Oh, he went fuck, off. Yes. Fuck that guy. Yeah. he has. I, I don't have any problem with him getting punched in his fucking face. In fact, if I was face to face with him, he would have a great deal of trouble on his hands. <laughs> so... But Milo, yeah, you know, he's just a kind of a piece of shit. And, you know, pieces of shit don't, they don't rightly deserve to be struck. Yeah. Violence isn't going to solve Milo. You know, I, I like the meme, make racists afraid again. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what kind of my mantra. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to be cheering on violence. Um, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Well, listen, for- uh, Jeremy, I don't look at it as just another differing of opinion. It's not like, oh, you believe that there should be a pipeline in North Dakota? I don't believe that. I'm going to punch you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about fucking Nazis. Yeah. Uh, uh, Richard Spencer advocates what he calls a peaceful ethnic cleansing. Tell me how you do that, Richard Spencer. Yeah. Well, actually, don't, because I'm going to punch you in the fucking face right when you try to tell me about your peaceful ethnic cleansing, mm-hmm. Nazi. Sorry, not a not a big no, fan of Nazis. Apologize. No, who no, knew? Who good. knew? In in 2017, I would have to justify my opposition to Nazis. Yes. I know. I said, <laughs> I said that everybody was talking about how terrible of a year 2016 was going to be, and and all I could think about was. It's going to get, get so much worse. worse. Right. It's going to be so much worse. And I remember thinking, like, the the second week of January, the thing that everybody's talking about on the internet is, is it okay to punch Nazis or not? Like, okay, <laughs> sure. I, I'm sad that Carrie Fisher died, too. But, uh, 
<laughs> I think it's a much worse problem that we're talking about uh, whether, you know, the fact that we're even at a place in a, as a country where we're having to have this conversation is. Yes. Um, it's it's terrifying. And I, I did never know. I, I want to make sure that I'm not getting caught up in the sensation or the hype or whatever, because I, I definitely think that there's a fair amount of that going on. Um, Me too. But at the same time, this all feels so unprecedented to me you know it just feels so i don't know and it is it is you're right and yeah yeah it's just (laughs) i I don't have a better i don't have a better word for it other you know i was listening to i don't remember i was listening to some podcast that was talking about this stuff and and they were talking about how you know it had better goddamn well been mine (laughs) (laughs) every show jesse uh but they were talking about how um um, they were talking about in in the civil rights movement when uh, state governments were standing up to the federal government because they didn't want to, they didn't want to integrate schools or whatever, and right. and the you know the and the the they sent the feds in to enforce the federal laws, and you know that is sad that it had to happen, but it's it was hopeful because the good guys were bigger right the 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 good guys were the feds Mm -hmm. and now it's the other way around yeah (laughs) and and you know i like i said i don't want to get caught up in the emotionality of it but i i would be lying if i said that i haven't lost sleep over it in the last month me too brother look you're not alone there's i think there's millions just like you me and christy who are heartbroken in many ways about what's taking place and, you know, to kind of bring us full circle, uh, that's why it's so important right now to get involved. That's yeah. why it's so important right now to let your voice be heard and let your, your elected representatives know that they have to toe the line. They have to do their jobs. They have to do what they were hired to do when they were elected and yeah. oppose tyranny, oppose Donald Trump, oppose his tyrannical agenda that is violating the Constitution since day fucking one. Yeah. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I have this fear that um, that we're all just going to everybody's going to get tired or everybody's going to go out and, and do, you know, I, I'm with Protest you. The, the women's march was awesome. But I I I share your your hope that something happens with it. You know, I I, 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 don't, I don't want us to just sit by and watch I, everything fall apart. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, because I think Donald Trump has put us into a unique political arena where it's like fight or flight. Yeah, that's kind of our political. We're fighting for our political lives right now, and you know he he's throwing a bone to 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 gays and lesbians and transgender uh, uh, Americans by oh I'm not going to lift the protections of the federal government. I'm going to go along with the Obama doctrine on that. For Fuck now, you dude. Yeah. The one thing you're going to do the right thing on, you're not going to get credit for something that you should. Oh, you're going to be a decent human being. Oh, my God. Let's all bow down and scrape at the throne of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be doing as a leader who loves his people, as an American who, who's been hired to the highest office in the land. Ugh. So anyway, I, yeah. I don't. I think that we are. It's a fight or flight response. And that we're either going to give up the ghost and our union's going to dissolve or we're going to fight. And we're going to resist, and that's really what, where we are now, and I think it's going to continue on, at least through the midterms, which are two years away. Yeah. I mean, look at you going to the airport. That actually made differences. 
go people protesting at the airports. Oh, yeah. That that made yeah. a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. um after that still haven't gotten my check from fucking George Soros, but <laughs> yeah, just oh, moved. Shit. I'm guessing that he yeah, didn't he get didn't my get uh, change um, of address. We were t- I was discussing someone with someone our plans for last weekend and I said, oh, Okay, this is my plan on Saturday. Unless of course there's something I have to protest. So like that's just <laughs> something like a asterisk I put in for now. Like who yeah. knows what kind of crazy shit's gonna go down this week that I may have to go somewhere and protest that. And we just all have to be ready to do that. And and it's gonna become a point where like, okay, so I'm gonna go to Olympia for an hour to protest that and then probably go to the airport and that you know like who knows? We're just going awesome. to Yeah. Well, listen, also, it's effective not just from that perspective, but also use your wallet. N- Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom both just this week announced that they're dropping Ivanka Trump's line from their yeah. from their from their their stores. And it's not because, oh, we're getting backlash. It's because the shit's not selling because people said, fuck you, Ivanka. I'm not yep. buying your trash. Yeah. So no. they're making a wise business decision. They're saying we're not going to carry that anymore because that shit's not selling. Yeah, Uber did a 180. Yeah, I think a lot of that was a little bit f- the f- the frenzy that mm-hmm. took place over mm-hmm. it because Lyft didn't do anything different. <laughs> they just jumped on the donation train real early, right. and it was a good PR move. But really, and I don't use Uber. We don't even have it on our phones. We only use Lyft because mm-hmm. I don't like Uber. Uber's a terrible company. Yeah, but I don't think they period. did really anything wrong in that particular case. I think... They they didn't do anything that Lyft didn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just they were they got the shitty end of the stick on the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But fuck them. I don't use them, so fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Well, I'm going to link to that website that you mentioned in the show notes. So if you guys are looking for a way to get plugged in, you know, I I think that it's now more than ever. It's crucially important for every single one of us to do something. You know, I was going to apologize at the top of the show for, um, you know, for talking about politics because we're not really a huge <laughs> political show. I know that. Um, but at the same time, I feel like no apologies. I, I feel like with the way things are, anybody that has any kind of voice has a responsibility to do something with it. And so I wanted to make sure that uh, I'm getting emotional for some oh. reason. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to make sure that we uh, took a stand, you know, and did and did our part. So, um, you know, I love you, man. I do. I I fucking love you. I I think it's a beautiful thing that a guy who's been relatively apolitical for most of his life is now getting fired up and getting emotional about shit because this is now I'm getting emotional. (laughs) This affects Ellie. This affects your daughter's life going forward. I mean, she's going to know. She's now at the age where the president of the United States is going to be Donald Trump to her mm-hmm. for, for, for sure four years. And imagine the kids who grew up for eight years with Obama. Mm-hmm. They had this shining beacon of, of purity. Obama, was a, it's a scandal-free administration. Mm-hmm. He, he had a beautiful marriage for 25 years to Michelle. and A picture-perfect family. He's a loving uh, empathetic man who cared about his country and his people, and now we have the guy who screams about the Shit ratings. Stain. <laughs> so, so it it moves me, Jeremy. It moves me that you are getting involved and getting emotional over this because you know the the two topics they say not to talk about in mixed company are re- religion and politics. And religion, fine, you know, fairy tales, whatever. But 
Politics affect your everyday life in a real way, yes. and you need it, it, they're important. So, so thank you. Th- thanks for having me on, and 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 you know, hopefully your audience has stuck through this much to <laughs> to hear me say this. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should just take the last ten minutes and put it at the top and call oh. that good. <laughs> I have something that I'm nerding out about that's political. <laughs> okay, go for um, it. It is Pete Sousa or Sousa's. Instagram. He was the official White House photographer for Obama for the eight years, and he's trolling Trump on Instagram really? using pictures of Obama, and oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, have you seen this, Jesse? No, follow me right that now. in the show notes. It's amazing. I'll put a link to it in the so show notes. Today he released one where I guess the New York Times said that it, it's really sad in the West Wing. Trump can't even figure out how to turn the lights on. <laughs> And he posted yes. a picture of like oh a cabinet God. meeting with all the lights on. And he's like, look, there's lights. And that's all he says. He doesn't say anything negative towards Trump. It's just <laughs> pro- pro-Obama, but it's always against Trump in a way, like a little dig. That that was a bizarre article in the New York Times, by the way. It was where so weird. People come visit the, the White House to have meetings with the president and then there's no one to like lead them out. And they're like opening doors to see which is the way out of the White House. <laughs> the, 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 staffers go into the cabinet room and they don't know how to turn on the lights. So they just sit in the dark and talk about stuff. <laughs> what so, the fuck is going on? Oh, so weird. I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. They can't even get the easy shit right. Like how to turn on the lights. Right. How are, how are they going to navigate? See, listen, we're going to get fired up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are they going to navigate the big stuff? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. All right. Look at the show notes. There's going to be a bunch of good links in there. <laughs> it, they're all at nerdoutloudpod.com. It has links to our Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff if you want to jump in there. Jesse, where can they find you? Um, My last name is spelled D-O-L-L-E-M-O-R-E. Google me. I'm, uh, I would love, listen, I, I, I've never done this before, but I, I would love for you. I, I know I've been on your show like three, four, five times or whatever, and I've never said go and subscribe to my show. But if this interests you at all, and you want to hear about the activism, and you want to hear about how to get involved, and you want to hear about all the shenanigans and the chicanery and the bullshit that's happening, we're a twice-a-week podcast. Um, go to dollamore.com. You can subscribe to the show there. My YouTube channel is Dollamore. My Instagram is Dollamore. My Twitter is Dollamore. I kind of got the Dollamore fucking locked got it. down. <laughs> Not a lot of yeah. Dollamores out there, And I listen. Guess. We would listen. We we'd love to have you. We 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 take voicemails twice a week. We really not that you don't, but we really interact, and uh, it's a conversation. That's the mantra on the show: is moving the conversation forward. And goddamn it, we are we are committed to it. All right, thank you so much. I love you guys. I I, I I'm always raring to go when I when I get an invite. So okay. anytime Thanks you want me to. Bo- Anytime you want me to bore the shit out of your audience, I am game. <laughs> Christina, yes. do you have any last words? Never wait for cake. <laughs> Jesse? Resist. Oh, that was a good one. Brittany's the best part. Oh, she Let is the best part. Let your nerve flag fly! <laughs>